Ox and Hare presents Right Protect. It's called a May-December romance. That's when a young person, in the spring of their life, and thus May, falls in love with a much older person who is in the winter, thus December. It can have several connotations, but most of them are not happy. Many times, it's used to refer to younger women dating older men. Certainly, we've seen this in Hollywood time and time again, the men who are trading their current spouse in for a younger model. It's an old stereotype, you probably know. Now, I ain't saying she's a gold digger, but... In a surprise to no one, it doesn't tend to run the other way. Oh, it's still frowned upon by the busybodies of society, but it could be that it's more rare. Or the sexism of the business that can't imagine a woman of more than 40 being seen as desirable by a young man. I'm not studied up on the subject, but I can only think of one major studio movie about this, and it wasn't a particularly good one. Nonetheless, that's what we're talking about here. A song written by a young man who is in love with a much, much older woman. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work out between them, but not for an obvious reason. As the philosopher Elia once wrote, age ain't nothing but a number. But in this case, that number was too high for either of them to deal with. I'm Nora X, and you're listening to Write, Protect. I'm sorry if I sounded kind of political there at the top. I know that's not what this show's about, but gender issues tend to raise my hackles. Plus, it's been a hell of a week. I'm grateful you're here and listening to me, even with all my idiosyncrasies. Let's just get into the meat of the matter. The song is called The Mayfly. For those who aren't science nerds, the mayfly is notable for being born, living, breathing, and dying all in a single day. It's here and gone, just like that. The scientific truth is a little more complicated, but that's the pop culture version, the one our singer is referring to in this song. His name is Fergus Montague. He didn't have a catchy name for himself or his band. No nom de plume or nom de guerre, just a straight-up name. Granted, the one his parents gave him was pretty solid, front and back. Oh, and the man could carry a tune. This is where the format of my show really grates. I want you to hear this song so badly. Fergus did a short set of five songs at this club. It's on the B side of the tape. And the Mayfly is how he closes the show. But I'm not allowed to play it. I can't even read you the lyrics. I'm feeling like Jodie Foster in contact right now. When she's seen the amazing sights, they should have sent a poet. Well, they should have sent this crate to a music journalist instead of a whatever I am. I can't paint a picture. I can only scribble in crayon. As you've surmised, the song is a recap of a failed relationship that Fergus had with an unnamed woman. They meet, she's uninterested, he wins her over with charm and some light stalking. They have a passionate affair, but they can't stay together. I'll let him tell it. So I am here with uh, a gentleman that has one of the best names I've ever heard. I'm here with Fergus Montague. Uh, thank Hi, you. Fergus. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking the time to meet with me. 
I, pre- I appreciate it. Uh, I don't, I don't do interviews very much, but I appreciate you uh, taking this time. I appreciate it. Yeah, you don't talk to a lot of people, so I definitely feel very lucky, and I'm happy that you picked me. Um, this should be pretty short and sweet. I just have a couple questions to ask you about maybe some things that are personal and some things that are less personal, if you're okay with that. I will, uh, I will do my best. All right. And if there's anything you don't want to talk about, just tell me. Um, but you seem like an open book when you do sit down with people, so... Uh, well, that's Let- trouble in the first place. That's why, I don't, <laughs> that's why I don't do interviews so much anymore. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you in particular about a song that you did called The Mayfly. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, um, uh, it wasn't the biggest of hits, but it was a very personal song to me. It's a beautiful song. Um, I mean, obviously, just kind of thinking about the metaphorical meaning behind the life cycle of a mayfly... And then applying that to, you know, what we go through as people, what what was your backstory with that? Because I think we all got something different out of it, which which is great. That's what music's supposed to do. But what did it mean to you? Uh, well, uh, now, uh, I wrote this back uh, in the early days. Uh, now, I was, uh, I guess, about 17 years old at the time. I was in uh, uh, a, a great uh, spot in my career. Uh we had just uh, uh, recorded a hit record, um, uh, Babies in the Backseat, uh, and uh, it had gone really well. I was touring and uh, met a wonderful woman uh, whose name I do not like to disclose. Uh, sure. But needless to say, she was a, a very famous woman, and we found ourselves in the same circles. Uh, but she was much older than me. And, uh, oh, did I love that woman. Oh, uh, I loved her so very much. Uh, she was uh, beautiful and uh, caring, and uh, uh, well, we had a very short-lived uh, relationship uh, that uh, I can't think of a single person that approved of it, uh, frankly. Uh, but uh, but uh, we loved each other very deeply. And uh, in the end, of course, it had to end because uh, no one could really uh, deal with the fact that we had such a a large uh, age difference. And uh, that's really what the Mayfly, to me, is about, uh, because uh, the Mayfly has such a short lifespan, uh, as did our love. So that is really what I was trying to get to in the song, and uh, that is really what I was feeling when I wrote that. So... I mean, obviously, as short as a mayfly's lifespan is, that's its life. So it's very significant to a mayfly. So I would say, um, well, I guess I should ask. So you're saying that that relationship was something that was really significant to you, even though short-lived. Uh, yeah, uh, that uh, uh, it, it felt like my life had ended when that relationship ended. Uh, I loved her so much, and uh, uh, there was a... Uh, it was an incident, and uh, uh, we had to cut things off. Um, uh, I don't like to go into the details of it, uh, but uh, the, frankly, the government was involved. It was a it was a whole to do. Uh, I, I'm actually not at liberty to even talk about it. But uh, yeah, when you said to, government, I sort of gathered. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they do not they do not uh, like us to talk about much. In fact, I, I may have already. So uh, we'll hope this uh, recording lasts. Uh, but sure. um, 
if I get a knock on my door and have to leave suddenly, uh, we'll just uh, we'll just say this was my last interview. <laughs> uh. I think I'm going to be signing off for for a while myself, and I'm really happy that that you are the person that I'm talking to when, <laughs> you know, is, is potentially my last conversation for, for quite some time. So thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, well, of course, uh, and, and thank you for having me. No problem. Um, I hope you find what you're looking for. I hope I find what I'm looking for, and I hope anybody that's come across these tapes, hopefully at some point in time, finds what they're looking for. But for now, this is Lady D signing off. Endings. Hmm. Never easy. This tape is dated November of 1984. It's chronologically the last recording in here. Yeah, there are a couple in here without dates, but as far as I can tell, this is the last one. Here is the place where Lady D's story stops. And I think it's time for mine to stop to. I don't think I can do this anymore. Before I go any further, I I want to thank you for listening. You, specifically. I, I don't know how you got here, but I'm grateful to you. And to those who've left reviews and emailed me, you have my thanks. I apologize if I didn't reply. As I said, it's it's been a weird time. Things have gotten strange in my life since I started this. The odd mail, then the phone calls. Now I'm seeing people watching me. I, I don't know if it's just paranoia or something else, but it's unpleasant. And I haven't gotten the responses that I was hoping for. I, I was hoping someone would reach out to me with answers with more tapes, with the the novel that all these tapes were part of, a link to the overlooked portion of the internet that shows where all of these things make sense. But none of that has happened. <laughs> Even with my small and dedicated fan base, I feel very alone. <laughs> this was a lark. I mean... I'm broadcasting seriously about deals with the devil and robot singers and immortal objects of affection. It's silly, but it doesn't feel like fun now. I'm exposed and I don't like it. I should have just faded away. That's what podcasts do, right? One day they just stop posting episodes and are never heard from again. They disappear, just like the artists in these tapes. But I wanted to mark the moment to let you know what's happening. So, we find ourselves in the realm of unanswered questions, something I hate. I thought it would end like Lost, but instead we're Twin Peaks, which stinks. Time to pull off the Band-Aid. I don't want to say this is the end, but... That's the end for now. It was an experiment. I tried something. Sometimes those things work out, and, you know, sometimes they don't. Sometimes a show is a tortoise, 
and other times it's just a mayfly. This is Nora X, and you've been listening to Write, Protect. Thanks. Guys, oh, I hope you're hearing this. I just got a letter, handwritten. It's from Lady D, postmarked this week. Not only is she real, she's alive. Ox and Hairs Right Protect is written by Kyle Olson. Performed by Amy Shaw, Karen Wegrin, and Justin Kent. Produced by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Follow us on Twitter at Oxenhair. Check out our Facebook page or come by our website, oxenhair.com, where we've got mysteries to unravel, the undead to console, and a time travel. Just not all at once. Find new adventures each week on Oxenhair's Monday Matinee. Come along. <laughs>